Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our uh, text is rather brief this morning. It's from the last part of Revelation chapter 10, verse 6, where uh, God says, There will be no more delay. This is our text. Fellow Christians, there's a poem that's called The Clock, and it goes as follows. The clock of life is wound but once, and no man has the power to tell just when the hands will stop at late or early hour. To lose one's wealth is sad indeed. To lose one's health is more. To lose one's soul is such a loss that no man can restore. During that brief poem, throughout the world, there probably were hundreds of people that died during that time frame. Thousands of people go to meet their maker probably every hour. Now, we could have been among them. And sometime in the future, we will be among those who pass from this life to the next. Are we ready for that time? We, uh, last week, just drove through Fort Myers Beach area. There were a lot of people that weren't ready for the destruction that came upon them and their homes. Uh, Kathy and I, were, well, friends were coming from Wisconsin, and we had reserved and rented a house in Fort Myers Beach for a week in January. We're not going to be going there. <laughs> that we went and saw that house, and there's nothing left of it. Those people weren't expecting that. There were people that also died as a result of the hurricane. There are people that die every day on the roads with accidents and so on. We're on earth for what could be said to be borrowed time. And the purpose of today's sermon is to help make sure that we're ready when our borrowed time comes to an end. On this, one of the Sundays of end times, we're reminded that the world's time clock and our time clock are running out. The world's existence and our life continue for only as long as the Lord wants us to walk upon the face of the earth. We and the world are living on borrowed time. We need to make sure that we are using this time correctly, using it to get ourselves and others ready for heaven. Heaven that's opened for us by Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection. First, we're to recognize that time is going to cease someday. God has promised that. Jesus' own words tell us that there will... Uh, that heaven and earth will pass away. 
And the Apostle Paul was led by God to tell us that destruction will come suddenly. Peter wrote that the heavens and the earth, that the heavens will disappear and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. And we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. And these are just some of the many references throughout Scripture that indicate that things are going to eventually come to an end for us, our life, and for the world on Judgment Day. We are living on borrowed time. One day, we don't know when, God will say there will be no more delay. And the world will end. Or our life will end. Even though it is impossible to know when that event is going to take place, you know, people still like to try and figure it out and predict when the end is coming. Years ago, a group of uh, so-called Christian sect in Korea were told the world was going to end on this particular day. Members of that cult sold everything they had, got ready to just go up to heaven on that last day. Well, the last day didn't come on the day that the leaders of that cult said. And it didn't come, and that resulted in those leaders being sued for fraud and the members trying to uh, gather up their lost possessions. An idea that seemed more and more Christians adhered to was taking place around the turn of the century. You know, the concept was that Jesus is going to return some 2,000 years after uh, he was born. They came to that conclusion because, you know, the world was created in six days, and they think of the passage that says, to God a day is like a thousand years. And so they thought, well, six days of creation, six days of destruction, or 6,000 years of destruction. Well, as we know, we're now in 2022, and it didn't end in 2000. You know, they decided that they knew what God had planned, and uh, it wasn't according to God's plan. We don't know when our borrowed time is going to end, or the world's borrowed time is going to end. All we know is that it will happen on the day that the Lord finally says there will be no more delay. Until then, we live on borrowed time. The big question is, how will we spend the rest of our borrowed time? Our time is given to us for two main purposes. One is to get ourselves ready for heaven, and this happens as we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. Make sure we keep that faith and grow in faith. And the next main purpose for us in our borrowed time is to help others come to the knowledge 
of their Savior, Jesus Christ. We are told to work on these two things while it is day before the night comes when no one can work. But instead of concentrating on getting ourselves and others ready for heaven, we often use our borrowed time in ways that uh, don't prepare us and others for heaven, but in ways that really serve Satan and his purposes. Find ourselves all too often hating, envying, gossiping, being jealous, getting drunk, being greedy, um, displaying anger, being lazy when we should be up, about, and doing things, serving God in our borrowed time. We waste our thoughts, words, and actions on sin after sin after sin. And on those occasions, we waste our borrowed time. It serves neither our good nor the good of others. Instead, we must hate what is evil and cling to what is good during our borrowed time. On still other occasions, we waste our borrowed time to fill our bodies or our wallets' needs while forgetting about the soul. Pursuit of riches can result in starving our souls from the nutrients that they need. Get an example of that when we think of that parable of the rich man and poor Lazarus. The rich man was indeed rich. He was extremely wealthy. But what did it get him in the long run? He died, he left his riches behind, and he wound up spiritually destitute in hell. He went to hell because he forgot about his spiritual needs. In materialistic America, it's easy to get caught up in this misuse of our borrowed time. But remember, remember the verse that says, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his soul? Or if it isn't the pursuit of riches that starves our souls, maybe it is being overly disturbed by the cares and problems of this life. Maybe that's what causes us all too often to misuse our borrowed time. Instead of casting our cares upon God, we unsuccessfully try to handle those things ourselves. And as a result, the problems merely get worse and worse. Bigger and bigger. And yes, unfortunately, many have lost their faith doing as a result of the despair that they experience. Forgetting about uh, God being in control. When God says that there will be no more delay, he will find all too many unprepared. All because they didn't use their borrowed time to turn more to God and his word as a source of help 
to overcome or to endure that life that God has given to them and overcome the devil and don't endure, instead give up. Don't waste our borrowed time. Most of every opportunity, we need to make use of those times when they come. You know, the days are evil. We're told that, and we know that. Overcome that evil by using our borrowed time correctly. How do we make the most of our borrowed time? Well, we need to follow and display wisdom. God's wisdom. We are to walk with God. You know, most of us have been carried into church to be baptized and carried out to be buried. In between is our borrowed time. Make sure we're using it properly. Walking with God. Walking in his word. Walking into his house of worship. Walking in ways that display our love for God, our belief in Jesus to others. We, uh, at times, will take traveling vacations, and we want to see all these sites, so we try not to waste any time and go from place to place, and at the end of vacation, we have to go back home to rest up. Well, we need to make use of our borrowed time with the same kind of urgency reason we don't often use our borrowed time is because we don't have a sense of urgency. We seem to think we're going to live forever. Or that unbelieving family member or neighbor or friend or whoever, we think they'll live forever so we can wait uh, before we tell them about our faith and our Savior. We need to make use of every opportunity to benefit others. We want to share our wisdom. We are wise through faith in Christ Jesus, and we want others to be just as wise. Foolishness is not understanding God's will. His will is for all to be saved. In spite of our sins, God loves us. He forgives us for all the times in the past where we didn't make proper use of our borrowed time. But then he wants us to recognize that forgiveness is ours, but to go and try to sin no more and follow his directive to use our borrowed time for the benefit of others. Now, how are we at using God's time that he gave us that he's loaned to us. Are we full-time Christians or are we part-time Christians? How much time do we put in to nourish our faith, to display our faith, and to share our faith? Most jobs get put on the back burner. They're not that important. We can wait. Well, who knows? Our borrowed time might come to an end today. Our borrowed time might come to an end a week from today or a year from today. 
the borrowed time that the unbeliever has that we know might come to an end today. We need to share the news of Christ before it runs out. For our borrowed time is no more. May this uh, one Sunday of the end times serve to wake us up to such wrong ideas. The time is urgent. We must act now to strengthen our faith and to share our faith. Now, years ago, I visited a lady in the hospital who just had the doctor. I think he was going out the door as I was coming in. And in talking to her, she said, he just told me I only have about three months to live. That lady had a very strong faith. I was confident that she was going to use her remaining borrowed time properly. Now, unlike her, we, I don't believe any of us here, have been told we've only got months to live because of an illness. But in a way, we're like that lady. We have borrowed time. That borrowed time might even end before three months. Or it might not end for 60, 70, 80 years. We don't know, but it will end. And we must uh, realize our time is in the Lord's hands. And then use that time as the Lord wants. We all need to be better at managing our borrowed time. How can we improve our time management so God is praised and we and others benefit? Well, think of the time of the year we're in, or soon will be in. Thanksgiving comes in a couple of weeks. That reminds us of all the blessings we have. Physical, yes, but especially the spiritual blessings that we have. Remember that. Let that be a time when we refresh our notion that God has done so much for us. We want to use our time to praise him, thank him, share him. Then after Thanksgiving, then comes Advent, Christmas time when Jesus came to earth to be our Savior. Our Savior's birth started him on his mission to redeem the world through a perfect life and an innocent death and a victorious resurrection. Celebrate this birth and let the joy of Christian motivate us to better use our borrowed time throughout the year, whatever season it might be. Yes, we are living on borrowed time. Make sure that this borrowed time is well spent. Worship the Lord regularly from now until your borrowed time is up. Praise the Lord constantly with words and actions until your borrowed time ends. Let the end of another church year spur us on to face the end of your borrowed time, or our borrowed time. With a stronger faith in our Savior, let this end of another church year be the motivation 
for a more sanctified earthly life. Yes, borrowed time. It's been given to us, not for us to waste, but for us to use. Use it for God's glory and for our good. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep our hearts and our minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.